Down at 10. Pick it back. Here comes the rush. They've got him sack number one. Hassan Reddick for five and a half of the season. Wow. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. What's up and welcome back in everybody to episode 4 of Canton Bound. Can't believe it, number 4 already. It seems like this is flying by. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, the, the partner, the other half of South Harmon, the better half of South Harmon. Adam, what's up today, buddy? Let's get it, man. Uh, we're going to make this one a lot better than you know our Cleveland Browns performance of uh, number 4. You know, It's been a rocky start for number 4, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one, man. Yeah, yeah. So last week we touched on what you do if you're a rebuilding team early in the season. Today we're going to pivot to what you do if you're a competing team early in the season. And Adam, I think the first thing that we talk about is the difference between competing team in a lineup league and competing team in a best ball league because variance, it's a cruel mistress. And uh, there's so there much is. variance in these lineup leagues that it's a little bit sketchy when you go to compete in a lineup league versus a best ball league. And I'll be uh, I'll be completely upfront, Adam. There are moves I'll make in a best ball league early in the season if I'm competing um, that I feel pretty good about. And even if it comes back to bite me, you know, with a major injury or underperformance, I'm okay. Like you roster construct correctly in best ball, a lot of that variance kind of goes out the window. Now lineup, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> we get so into this uh, superstars and starting them every single time that when one of those guys goes down, oh, oh, what a just kick in the gut it just hurts so let's talk about it from a best ball perspective and then we'll dive into the meat of the show the lineup love it adam just in general if you got your first best ball team early in the season you're doing well uh you don't have to be undefeated a lot of uh the best ball leagues we play in play against median too right meaning that the average score every single week also determines whether you get a w or an l <laughs> so you may be sitting there at uh, two know, games two, in, right? Yeah, yep. You might be two and two. You might be three and one. You might be four and oh, two weeks in. Um, even if it's not, though, say you're in a good spot. Like you got a, a one and one record. You just happen to just happen to lose to a team that, that went nuclear, right? <laughs> which happens. You're sitting there. You feel really good about your team. You don't have a lot of depth problems. You don't have a lot of injury problems on the, uh, the best ball front. What's kind of like that range of player? If you're still holding your first, where you go like, this is a no-brainer. I'm just going to go ahead and send this out. You know, like, is there kind of a cutoff for you in the range of talent that you're getting back where you go, okay, this makes sense? Or are those guys, are there some guys on, like, the fringe where you go, uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to pump the brakes just a second. I think this time of year, um, Mike, you, you could, it would depend on my team a little bit. Like if I, if I feel strongly that I'm going to make the playoffs and, I, and I'm, I'm roster constructed appropriately, by the way, let's just set the table for what that means. That means in best ball, you know, you're, you're going to have to figure out exactly how many roster spots you have first. Right. Um, but 
in an idea, if I have 30 roster spots, let's say, right, I'm probably going to want to have, this is not an exaggeration, somewhere in the neighborhood of seven receivers on a team like this, right? Best ball is a lot about depth. Yeah, and when, when you say seven receivers, too, just so we're clear, too, like they don't have to all be superstar receivers. They don't like, have they to don't, be T. Higgins, right? No, no, no. You need those guys like, I mean, when you count seven, aren't you counting guys like uh, Josh Reynolds in a best ball? You know, he could he could be a part of the seven eight mix that I need, right? He him uh, like Kendrick Bourne, who's playing very well. Maybe wasn't a highly valued player, but he's getting the targets. I like guys that are playing a, in this count should be people that are out there playing a decent and high amount of snaps and have a good opportunity share. That's all I'm really needing them to be. They can they can be interchanged weekly on the waiver wire at times too, right? But my point is if you want to have, you know, six, seven, eight receivers on a team like this and you want to have four or five running backs, if you have the roster construction and you have, you know, let's say at least three quarterbacks, in best ball you want to have this interchangeable team, right? So in a situation like that, if I'm in best ball, Mike, and I have a roster construction that's good, I'm probably willing to go a little further down with what I send my first four, right? So in this case, I'd probably be willing to go like in the range of an Ayuk, one for one. And you're going to say, well, you don't need to send that for Ayuk. Maybe the case, but I'm telling you that's about my cutoff. Like lower than that, I'm probably holding out till later in the year before I push my first in. Um, if I don't have that though, I'm going to be needing to shoot a lot higher in a player before I send my first. Because if I don't have the roster construction... I'm probably needing to get my roster construction before I even really think about contending. I'm with you too, and uh, I pull up the uh, the South Harmon Warp tool and just look at a you know a, a 12 by 11 by 30 best ball, which will kind of be your your standard run of the mill super flex, you know, tight end, premium, half point, PPR, that all that stuff. But 12 teams, 11 starters, 30 roster spots in a best ball league. If you're looking at it, Adam, like when you say like I need seven wide receivers. You know what the, the, the warp tool is telling you? You need 6.92. So you there you seven. go. Yep. <laughs> you need seven of those guys. Uh, quarterbacks, you need three. right? In a best ball super flex, you need three. You, you really do. Um, we, we've even seen, like, if you were to head into it just as an example this year on a best ball team and you're like, man, I'm good. I only need two quarterbacks. I got Joe Burrow and I got Deshaun Watson. Like, I got two hammer quarterbacks. Been a rough start for you. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you probably had some chance. players in the superflex uh, over the last two weeks, right? Oh, that yeah. aren't those guys. You could have used that uh, that Mac Jones, that Baker Mayfield, that that Ryan Tannehill. You could have used those kind of guys. So you really need three. I prefer four, and that fourth one is just kind of dependent on how good the other three are. Right? Yeah, right. Definitely, definitely. Running backs need need at least four of those guys. At least four. And and when we talk four, I don't mean. I'm a little bit more picky when it comes to roster construction and best ball for running backs. Like my uh, my tier of running back, like they better be four top twenty four type running backs. Yeah. Like not, I, I don't want a lot of Jalen Warrens on my team. Jalen Warren does not count as one of those four for me. Right. <laughs> like those you, are ancillary you, pieces. I'll, I'll, I'll roster Jalen Warren, but he needs to be further down my depth chart of running backs. Right. Yep. And uh, tight ends, they got it at two and a half. Which is about right. I probably yeah. just want three guys in the top 24 and I'm good. Like, yep. That's kind of all I need. So when you talk about that, if your roster constructed properly, so let's just use this as a scenario, Adam, and you're going, man, my team started off really well. Like I'm, I'm three and one, you know, may have lost one game against the median or whatever it is. What's kind of like that, that cutoff range? Like where you go, mm, I'm good. Can, can we put like a startup ADP? like round on it, you know, for sure. visualization. 
Shoot, shoot, shoot it to me. Tell me, tell, give me, give me the. Uh, let's go pop quiz on it. Let's go. I'm gonna pull up, uh, pull up some South Harmon ADP here. Um, first round pick, just generic, so it's gonna be your own. All right, you're thinking that it's gonna be late, not somebody else's, where it's that true random where it could just be anywhere. Right, we're talking best ball league, so you got a good feel of where it's gonna be. Would you say sixth round, seventh round startup pick? That's kind of where you you draw the cutoff. So example would be uh, the latest ADP. You got like Jerry Judy in that range, Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk for running ba- or for wide receivers, running backs, Aaron Jones, uh, Mister DeAndre Swift. Welcome back to the club. <laughs> welcome back to the club. He's going to the sixth round. Miles Sanders. Um, any of these kind of guys pique your interest, or you go uh, still a little too crusty this early in the season for me to be sending that yeah i think the the range of players that you mentioned here that would fit the bill for me would be you know brandon Ayuk. uh you mentioned amari cooper these types i'm okay with because i think they have high end upside and also are you know fairly secure assets what some of the other players like jerry judy when i don't really know what the injury he's dealing with he probably fits the bill for me if he's healthy but like you know aaron jones again older running back maybe not as healthy deandre swift is as great as it was like he just had this awesome week i mean it's still sirianni in this offense i might pump the brakes on sending a first for him right now it's not because i don't want to have him on my team it's like i want to see a little more before week three i'm just spending this pick and all of a sudden i don't know if it's going to be the kenny gainwell show again even if it shouldn't be next week so the the range of players that you're naming, Mike, is correct. I may be selective in what I actually send it for, but that range of players is absolutely the range. It's just would be my preference around that point. All right. So if we move up one more round, and I'll just talk about some players in the the fifth round kind of range. Okay. You know the the true like are these guys worth the late first? <laughs> you know to the right person. So Ramondre, I'd say that's a yes for me. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm probably I'm probably gonna send it for Ramondre. Um. You know, I, I think in best ball, one of the things is because you play so many, I shouldn't say you play more running backs. There's so many more running backs you don't have to worry about starting. Like, I'm, I'm almost more comfortable in a format like this sending it for a running back. And if they do get hurt, it's not that it doesn't suck. It's that I have other running backs in my stable to kind of backfill that and protect that. So I'm I'm, I'm aboard sending it for Ramondre. Okay. Uh, Christian Watson, QJ, Jordan Addison, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, like these kind of guys for wide receivers. Yeah, I'm pretty much. I'm pretty comfortable with all of them. Um, Quentin Johnson, I might might be one that I'm because you're a competing team. Like if I'm competing, I'd rather spend it on someone that can score. But his value insulation is probably okay. Um, he would be the one guy in that mix I maybe pause on, but everybody else, yep. I'm good. Um, and the other two running backs, kind of, are the other three running backs in that range: Tony Pollard, Javante, Derrick Henry. Yeah, man. I'm with you. There's a uh, there's a one one quarterback, and you can kind of put two in there: Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. Like, would you go for a you know a third or fourth quarterback on a best ball team if it just cost you a first? If I can acquire those type of quarterbacks for a single first in best ball, like that, that those those are Smash. gifts. Those are gifts. And if this is a super flex twelve team league, not a ten team or an eighteen, we're talking twelve teams. Those are it's a gift to get one of those for a single first, in my opinion. Right, something else to remember we play dynasty too and we can just look at generic player ranges but one of the other things or strategies i like to do at least early in the season is especially for best ball adam instead of buying one asset i see if i can buy two at for a lower sure. price point right so here's a good example um mike evans keenan allen absolutely blowing up and doing their thing 
they might be on a team that's looking to rebuild that mm-hmm. just wants to get off of them. Right. If you're just going by startup ADP wise, I mean, you're talking about guys that are going the eighth, ninth, tenth round. Would you try to go after like two of those type assets, or maybe one of those plus another player? Um, for I your think so. Single first. I think so for a single first. Yeah, I think. I think those are ones where you can be crafty about it too, and it doesn't seem like you're breaking someone off in a trade. And it actually can be more beneficial for you than just picking up, let's say, a single share of DJ Moore. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Instead of one DJ Moore, you're like, I'll take a a Mike Evans and, you know, it might not be Keenan Allen like that. That might be too rosy for some people. Sure. But, uh, Brian Robinson. Think, yeah. Uh, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Like sure. That. Right. Best ball league. Right. Yep. Going for it. I get you. Uh, lineup. If we switch this over to lineup, though, Adam, those kind of moves in a lineup league, sending that one first for for two assets like that. No, thank you. Early, <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, thank pass. you. Pass. Very much pass. All right. So let's talk about from a lineup lens, right? First round pick, late first, early in the season. We have all this variance. Now, where's the comfort level as far as what you're good sending that first for so early in the season? In a lineup? In a lineup league. So if you take kind of the same format, 12, 11, 30 roster spots, but we make it a lineup league instead of best ball, how rosy does it have to be before you go like, yeah, this is a win? Like, I, this is almost too good to say no. Uh, Mark yeah. Andrews in the third? Yes. I mean, well, th- that would be one for sure. I'm sending a single first four if my team is good. The, I, I'll tell you the one thing, though, that makes this difficult. The one thing that makes it difficult is like Andrews fits the bill, right? Because he's a difference maker. Um, and you, if you believe in him as this elite tight end that matters, he would be one of you know him and Kelsey. But you, you probably can make the case for Hawk. I'm not there. And, but I think the problem is, Mike, in week three, right? Going into week three, sending my first, this is one of the things you kind of talk, talked about starting off the show that I'll, I'll touch on here is, like I've had teams in lineup where I look at this team going into the season, I'm like, man, this is going to be a, I mean, this is a juggernaut. This is an absolute juggernaut. You can't mess with this team. Like I, I don't care. It's like the Titanic. You can't sink this ship. Are you crazy? Right. It's not going down. And Mike, guess what's happening by week eight? Is that I'm sinking. You know. And the reason that happens is there's attrition is going to happen in the NFL. It's part of, I mean, we've already seen so many injuries already, right? Cooper Cup still hasn't played and Rogers out for the year. Nick Chubb out for the year. Um, it just, it can come at you in waves and you don't, it's not even really about how you construct it or your fault, right? This can just happen. So part of, part of me doesn't even want to do it in week three. And the reason I'm, I'm going to have this list very, very high up is because if I'm going to send my first right now in a lineup league for a player, I would say he needs to be so value insulated that if I was to now have this Titanic wreck happen, like he's almost as liquid as that first is. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And that's that's where literally the timing for me is so different. Where Andrews, I know I can go out in the market and Andrews, he might be a little more difficult to sell because no rebuilders are going to want him probably. Uh, that's not necessarily the case, but a lot of rebuilders don't want him. So he's a little fringy, but I'm definitely still smashing with Andrews. You know, receivers like Alave and Wilson, even Garrett Wilson, who's maybe not going to smash in points per game, he's going to carry a lot of dynasty weight. Those are the types where I'll send it right now, done. But if we get past those guys, you know, we got to start getting into this fourth round range. You know, it's Drake London, as much as I like the talent or some of these running backs, I'm not going to do it because 
if my team ends up having other injuries happen, this is a negative EV move, we'll call it. I get you. Well, let's uh, let's start, and we'll just assume we'll go position by position. You could you could use you could use this, right? So we're not going to do all the hypotheticals that you already you know got everything that you need. You're just looking to sure something up in mm-hmm. a lineup league. Uh, quarterbacks. We'll start with quarterbacks first for Tua. My goodness, e- easy. Yep. Uh, Daniel Jones. Um, that one I might pause a little bit about. I, I probably would still do it. The Quarterback will be the position, though, that I'm a lot more willing to, you know, send the first four pretty easily in, in Superflex. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff? They're they're fringy. I think I'm probably still going to do it. If if, if I, I, I don't want to send my first for them and that becomes my quarterback two and I don't have a good quarterback three is my would be my only pausing, right? Like, that already tells me, like, hey, you probably shouldn't be spending your first anyway, right? But... <laughs> right. In a, outside of a scenario like that, yes, I would do it. Uh, Jordan Love, Russ, like those kind of guys. Russ um, is is one that probably is a little more of a rare example for me. He's playing well. He's older. If I have a stable quarterback two and he's my quarterback three, I'm going to re- rotate with him and that quarterback two. I'm okay. Jordan Love probably fits the bill because I think I could probably flip him. But it's, it's not as... Um, that one, those ones don't feel as secure, depending on what my team is, you know? Understandable. Understandable. Um, after that, like, it gets pretty gross, so we won't even get into that. No, thank that, you. That, that should be in consideration. And I think everything above Tua, so, like, Stroud, um, Kyler, Dak, uh, Bryce Young, like, those kind of guys. Yeah. Like, I'm if I if I need it, that's kind of, wow, I can't yeah. believe I'm getting for a first, right? They're right, single first, yep. Yep. Running backs. Now, this is where it's going to be interesting here. Because of, you know, we got a little bit of a, a sour taste in our mouth for what's happened to a few running backs already this season. <laughs> just a reminder of fantasy football is fickle, and it hates well, let, you. Let me. T- I'm just. I'm looking at startup ADP, Mike, and we have in the top six, which are the only running backs going in the first two rounds. Nick Chubb currently not going to be playing for the rest of the season. Austin Eckler already missing time. Barkley dealing with an injury. J- Jameer Gibbs not playing very well. Or what, I shouldn't even say that. Not playing very much. Not playing <laughs> very much, yes. Right. Um, Christian McCaffrey and Bijan are smashing. So, like, I mean, if you're going to get Bijan for a single first, there's just no way that's happening. And no. if someone's doing something stupid. Right? realistic. And same I, thing with probably CMC, but he might no. be the one person that you could say, like, yeah, but I don't believe anyone's not going to charge you more than a single first right now. Uh, Brees Hall. Value insulation there at all for you? Yeah, I mean, he'd probably be one of the only other guys I'm considering. I would say he, him, Bijan, CMC, Gibbs for a single first. Like that, those would be the exceptions to the rule. Because I'm gonna be honestly, like after that, every other running back, the answer is no for me right now. Really? This at this time. Now, in the week, if you're telling me like I'm, you know, six wins and I'm gonna make the playoffs, we can have a much longer list. For gotcha. me right now, I'm not doing that in week three. No, I'm out. I think uh, I think my cutoff right now, um, Saquon's a little scary, but I'll flip flop him and Austin Eckler. Like I'm kind of willing to roll the dice on Austin Eckler and a contender if somebody's somebody's panicking. Right, I, I could see it. But Travis Etienne, I'm with you. No, Kenneth Walker, no, Jacobs, no, Najee, hell no. <laughs> um, Tony Pollard, no. No. Nah, 
listen, this, the, those guys right there, they fit the bill for me of, all right, trap. it's week three. This is <laughs> right. Because the reason it's a trap and let's talk about this, the value insulation is not there. So whatever they do, it doesn't really protect my team guaranteed, right? There's still other things can happen to my team. And if I'm like flirting with the playoffs, I have an asset, which one has a lot more injury risk and two isn't guaranteed to now buy things in the market. It's, I'm not as maneuverable with those, right? Like I can't just navigate open waters. Like I can't pick. And if something goes wrong, Tony Pollard is probably going to stay in that fourth round range. Even if he's healthy, my first, if I end up being a bad team, Mike, the yikes, yikes, yikes. All right. Wide receivers. Let's see how rosy this one is. <laughs> All right. I think it's going to be a little bit more rosy than Red yeah, Wings, right? definitely should right. be. Um, T. Higgins, yes. Easy. Garrett Wilson, yes. Yep. Uh, what about Devontae Adams? Um, he's one of those players where, like, uh, in in a theoretical sense, uh, yes, I would do it. I'm willing to kind of forego time, and this is one of those moves of I am a strong contender. Like, I'm sending it to add him into my receiver room. Like you mentioned, a start eleven here. Like start 11s, I mean, you're talking you can start probably a lot of times five or six receivers in this format. Right. Yep. I add Devontae Adams to my already pretty gooned up wide receiver core. Here, I'm rolling the dice. It's a it's a dice roll, right? Gotcha. Because he's older, but if he if he plays well or he gets traded to a, a better situation, wheels up. But I know I'm playing with fire a little bit there. How about another one like that? Mr. Cooper Cup. A little bit different, though, because he's been injured. Yeah, he. Well, we also don't even know when if he's going to be back week five. Uh, Puka Nakua seemingly keeping this um, this train at you know <laughs> the Rams this uh, this unbuilt well train <laughs> anybody, moving. Any, anybody can do it, right? Just put him in the Cooper Cup role. Anybody can. It, it only it only for me it, it's it's more of a joke, but it's all it's really more so like does McVay try to say hey Cooper get a couple more weeks rest? Like I we don't even know when he's coming back. It it does make you wonder a little bit like. What would happen if Jalen Reger was in that Cooper Cup role now? <laughs> like, would he be Can fantasy he, relevant? <laughs> I think I think it's it's really uh, is there a good enough report? Is Matthew Stafford like the guy? Can they did, go to breakfast? Did, did, did they eat breakfast? Yep. Yep. Can they go to breakfast together? And then do, can he find holes in the zone? Because if if that's the case, um, I think you're right. Like maybe the list is bigger than we think. This is no knock on Coop, on uh, Puka Nakua, by the way. It's just I, my thing is with Cooper Cup. He's a I was willing to do it when Cooper Cup was healthy, but now, like, I'm already when I send it for Adams, knowing something like that could happen, Mike. Right? Like the fact that it's already there with Cup for me is where, ah, man, it, it's a lot tougher to swallow that pill. All right, uh, DK. I think I'm in. Drizzy, Drake London, value insulation, right? I think the value insulation for him is good. I think this is where um, I, you could make a case either way. I could just make the case that Drake London is safe enough to send a first for, but I could say, eh, at this time, I'd rather just have my first or spend it on a player that's more consistent with target volume and going to score better weekly. All right. Now we're going to get down on some gross ones. <laughs> Debo Samuel. No, thank you. Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley? Um, Ridley's probably a... Ridley's probably a yes for me, but it's also like a situation where it, it, it's it's like Adams in a way. He's not quite as old, but like I think he's good enough, and I think that offense is good enough where I'm going to do it. But I also know that man, if he got hurt or something happened again, like you're you're playing a little more with fire with a guy like him. Understandable. Um, DJ Moore, 
Christian Watson. I'll be honest. For me personally, this is my cutoff. This is where I'm going to say no. It's not. It's not that DJ DJ Moore isn't really good, and that I'm a little worried about Christian Watson in general. But it's not that those guys aren't good. It's just to me, I'm going to cut it off there. That's about where I say I'm good in lineup. Best ball, totally different story. For now, exactly, especially in week three, right? All right. Well, let's transition from uh, lineup first. Let's talk about lineup seconds, like early in the season. Lineup seconds and thirds. Adam, this is where I'm I'm more willing to be a little bit more um, aggressive. I'm a right? little more liberal here, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot more liberal because they're capped. Like, they're right. capped. The, the worst thing I'm doing is giving up pick 13. Right, <laughs> like if 201. Everything, if everything falls apart, I'm giving up pick 13. If and, if everything and, and, falls apart on a first, though, like, and I'm giving up the 102, 103, oh, we're talking massive different value ranges here, aren't we? Well, and I think the main thing to mention, too, is and you think about the difference in lineup and best ball. So, t- to your point, by the way, it's a great point. It is it is the single reason why it's okay because if you think about in lineup leagues, what really drives anything start 11, start 10, start 9? What drives those are the the hammers, the studs, the guys that are, yeah. you know, way up the board because you're only pl- you're only playing nine to eleven people, and if you especially you get a quarterback or a, an unbelievable receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. in this class coming up, you're talking about like monumentally shifting your team values and players like that, right? You get to, you know, pick thirteen, right, in a twelve team league, two oh one, let's say. Now, there's probably scenarios where you're going to say, hey, uh, by the time the 24 class rolls around and we know exactly where everyone lands, what their draft capital is, all this stuff, that you'd rather have 201 than you would a Deontay Johnson player, right? Who's currently on IR and going to come back, right? But you say to yourself in the scenario of the swings, right? I think this is one of the big things. You have to understand the range of outcomes, the swings of what can happen. You're, when you're sending that pick, if, if you're, nobody in theory is sending what they know is the 201 unless it's not their own pick for Deontay Johnson, right? Correct. You're doing this with the idea of it's a mid to late pick. Now, I'm just using, I'm, I'm throwing out an, an example of a player that maybe is value depressed because of an injury. Could be multiple players that you put, try to buy with a second. But if, if you end up missing, right? So if, you, if it all goes wrong and it's this is pick 13 versus Deontay, you're probably losing maybe a couple rounds in startup value, maybe an eighth to a tenth, like something like this. This is reality. Like you're not going to lose a ton of value there. You will maybe lose a little bit, but that's that's risk. That's like I'm very much risk tolerant of losing that type of a value on the on the high end in a trade because I think Deontay Johnson might be someone that can be my wide receiver four, five, six in a start eleven league. Right. That's where. To me, I'm so much more liberal with those seconds, and the reason is because if I miss on a first right now, even if I think my team, I, I'm making the trades with the exact same idea, right? I send that second because I think it's a mid to a late pick. I send that first because I think it's a mid to a late pick. The sting in 101 to 104 versus the sting in 201 to 204, I mean, they're they're not even close to the same thing. They're right. They're all they're they're on different wavelengths. I think a lot of the seconds, too, uh, if I'm just talking from a lineup perspective, I'm probably not using those seconds to go get um, wide receivers, unless it's, you know, like a Deontay, and, and for whatever reason, people have them super value depressed, or, you know, I'm a big John Dotson fan, you know, somebody who's dumb enough to do that. Um, like, it's got to be a pretty good wide receiver. There's just not a lot in a lineup league that, like, really get the juices going where I can envision starting this guy every single week. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would say that second is probably reserved for the running back position in a lineup <clears throat> league. It, it's more so that way. There, there's except there are exceptions. So, you know, um, I don't think it's happening anymore. But like, I saw one early in the year for Zay Flowers. I would say because of his age, though, that one's just not happening anymore. Yeah, no. Um, Mike Evans, though, Tyler Lockett. These are the type of guys I'd be definitely willing to send it because people are like, "Oh, he's old. I got to get off of him." Right. Um, and then you know, like Deontay coming, probably value coming down with the the injury. You know, situations like that. Like, I, if I could have caught someone sleeping at the wheel because they thought Christian Kirk was done after week one, those type things. There, there's there's rare exceptions. There's a shorter list. I would totally agree. There are people that I will do it for, but by and large, I think the better play. Um, as long as I'm roster constructed appropriately, right? Again, when we talk about that in lineup, what that means is in a start 11, Mike, it's actually not probably that much different. You probably want to have six, I'm going to guess, um, but via our tool. I, I personally want to have at least six. I almost could make the case that I, could, I would go stronger because if I can start six, Mike, I want seven or eight away. Like I want to have enough of these wide receivers. So I'll buy that list ends at about that. That's the cutoff for me right, right around that range. Other than that, though, what I really want to spend these seconds on is, to your point, the running back position because there's a lot of guys that are value depressed or have a role or are starting to trend up or they're a single hit away from having a role, and I don't need to start them weekly because I'm protected with other running backs or other people on my team. So the second is typically a lot better used on a running back. Uh, not not that you can't get it for a receiver, but for me, it's a it's a much smaller and narrower list for a receiver. If we're just talking a one pick for one player straight up, and I, I'm really comfortable too in a lineup league, at least early in the season. Also, sending that second for running backs that are more speculative buys than actual producers. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, if they're a producer, they're probably on the the older side, like or they got a name that's been run through the mud. Like Brian Robinson is a great example. I I dunk and shit all over this guy all the time and. Here he is, just actually producing fantasy points. So, right, it, you know, I'll send look at, a look at the growth, man. We're we're only on episode four here on Canton Bound, and Mike's making claims, you know. <laughs> but there's a there's some running backs out there where like I'm more speculative by on a second, like for depth, for future use, you know, whatever the case may be. Like uh, Kendra Miller would be a good one for me, like a speculative yes. buy for a second right now, early in the season, because I'm yeah. like, man, Jamal Williams has been is out. Uh, he hasn't been very good. Uh, I don't really believe in Tony Jones. <laughs> you know, we got a rookie. If he does something, like his value is going up. If I can get him for just a random second right now, my my second, pff, easy. Like I'll speculate yep. buy it. But that even goes for guys like Roshan. You know, I'll buy Roshan. I'll buy Tank on the downswing. Um, Antonio Gibson, you know, my fan favorite for me. <laughs> Big Gibson fan. I will still send a second for Antonio Gibson just on that speculative buy that things switch around. Devon A-Chain, we really haven't seen anything from. I'll buy that. Um, David Montgomery, if you're going to get the injury discount, great buy for a second right now. Uh, James Conner, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, like Dalvin Cook. Like these are some of the guys where in a lineup league, if I'm just looking to step, stack death, I'm, I'm more okay sending these seconds these thirds for these running backs just because the wide receivers like like you said it's such a rare case where like there's their <laughs> you have such limited options because if i'm getting down to buying uh juju smith schuster <laughs> another right. fan favorite of mine for a second i go what is the likelihood i'm ever starting this guy ever in a yeah, lineup it, league probably it would, never it's best gonna ball, ha- best ball different story but lineup right. no 
Yeah, I mean, because in, in lineup, like if I'm going to seriously think about that, it, it, let's say I have a team where it's now a start 12 or a 13, right? And you could say, well, yeah, I could start in there, and I'm not going to argue you could, but here's the point, right? Even if you're going to say, all right, Juju's now my wide receiver seven and I can start him, why? Like that's not helping you weekly probably be a difference maker, period. No. It's not. I mean, is there are there going to be weeks where Juju has a touchdown and has you know six seven catches? Sure. Not. Weekly, are you going to say, "Hey, man, this this changes the dynamic of my team"? The answer is no. And if you're being honest with yourself, now you're going to sit here. Well, all these running backs, I don't necessarily have to start them. And I think one of the things about the the pick that I wanted to touch on, you can do the speculative buys. I think there's absolutely cases to be made for a lot of running backs right now, just sending the second for them. However. One of the things I wanted to touch on too, and the idea here is I also like to hold it because, all right, guess what happens? Kyron Williams all of a sudden now has a role that we yeah. didn't expect to have. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, hey, because ADP in people's minds too, right? When you're playing in, and the psychology is a big thing for me that I've tried to talk about a lot, but someone that has Kyron Williams all offseason has not associated Kyron Williams with a second round pick, right? People, a lot of times in Dynasty, they kind of look, they have a player, they have a value of something, what they're worth. All of a sudden, there's times where someone that maybe isn't looking to contend gets a Kyron Williams and they say, well, this wasn't someone I was planning to do shit with anyway, right? Now, all of a sudden, I can get a second for Kyron Williams? Done. Like, it's not that I don't even believe in what he's doing. It's that I am cashing out. And I think there's opportunities all the time for a player that's going to get a role, which we did not expect, and you can say, hey, here's a second round pick I've been sitting on. I think this role, like if Kyron Williams continues with that role, I mean, he's going to smash whatever that second worth on your team in points per game, right? Um, like I'm not doing this for Jerome Ford right now just because I, I, it seems like Cleveland is not looking to use him in the role they had to in the rest of the, the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. But in theory, if, if Jerome Ford was going to have this Nick Chubb light type workload in that offense. Okay, I would send a second for a player of that caliber. Right, those are the type of of purchases I'm looking to make with my second, where it's like the cash register man. You can just hear it ding. Like that's good. That's found money because that was a pick I'm sitting on that I can't put in on my lineup. It's liquid and at the right time I can give it to a person when the running back has the opportunity to thrive because the situation wasn't there before. It's also too. Uh, th- this is one of the things I like to about lineup leagues, especially is is just having a bunch of thirds. So if we mm-hmm. go down to thirds, it's being able to throw you know, two two thirds at the guy who's got Raheem Mostert because I know I can just put him in my RB two spot. Right? Yes, so like, right. This is how I want to roster construct where like I'm I'm forced to start Raheem Mostert, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get every little bit I can get out of Raheem Mostert, and I have enough thirds to get that done whenever I feel like it. Right, so. Raheem Mostert's a great one. Um, if if Jerome Ford, like you just used him, if if we come out next week and then we find out that he's actually being used in this Nick Chubb light role, everybody who who bought for a second feels vindicated. But the people who are the early contenders who sat back and waited a week, who are flush with thirds, you know, if if the deal didn't get done already, you're sitting there and you're going like, I give you two thirds for Jerome Ford right now. I give you three thirds. I don't care what it is like. Here's all these thirds that I've been hoarding. Right now's the time because I see it and I want to make a speculative buy. I'm in a lineup league. I'm more willing to to throw those picks around, especially at the running back position on that kind of thing. 
best ball at him, it's almost different. Like, I, I don't really want to buy these speculative running backs for week to week. Like, those picks I'm going to use for tight ends. I'm going to use them for wide receivers specifically because the we talk about in a lineup league, man, you get down to these wide receivers for a second, you go, no. <laughs> in a right. baseball league, I go, yep, 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 yep. And then you get down to the wide receivers for a third, and you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'd send a third for this guy. I'd send a third for, let me go down to, like, some real crusty uh, wide receiver. <clears throat> Isaiah Hodgins. <laughs> Right? Like Kendrick Curtis Moore. Samuel. Yeah, Kendrick Moore. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, I mean, right. Even even super disgusted Chase Claypool. I'm sitting there going like, man, if I got this extra third laying around on a best ball team and I can actually fit this dude on my roster, it's it's him or, you know, no <laughs> not getting called up Dwayne McBride. <laughs> right. That's rotten yep. on the end of my bench. Get me right. zero. Yep. What what I rather would I rather have a you know a Chase Claypool, even though he's disgusting in a best ball league? Yeah, he might score a touchdown at some point. <laughs> he might enter my lineup as one of my flex. So I think it's uh it's kind of weird the difference between lineup and best ball, how they almost flip at different spots. So 100%. I will say those those early season contending best ball teams, if you've got those seconds and the thirds, man, throw those things around. Throw them around. Go get you some actual players. Now don't get uh don't get super crazy like. I see somebody trying to get a third off of me right now for Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Hard pass. <Okay>. Yep. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> now, if you give me like four Nelson Aguilar types for that third, we we could talk. Right. <laughs> we could have a discussion. If we got if we got thirty roster spots, thirty five roster spots. All right. Yeah, we can have a discussion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not setting a single third for Nelson Aguilar. Though. Pass. Because <laughs> there's yeah. forty seven different options out there I could go try right now. To I, I think. About. I think that's actually the thing, though, with the um, the idea of competing teams, right? It's a lot of it is understanding your league and how you're going to. Because really, what you have is, if you think about this and what we're doing, the the theme of like really, we're talking about taking currency and spending it at a store, right? And what do you have? You have you have money in your pocket that you can go buy anywhere. Like the liquid draft picks are the same as having cash. Your currency is you can go into a store and buy anything. You can pick out what you want. Now, you know, it's more of the idea of not necessarily in the stores we have today, like there's there's haggling involved, right? And some right. stores are going to have these crazy price tags and you're like, okay, I'm closing the door at this shop and I'm going to go to the next one. But that's the point. With currency, you can do that. When you have a player, you're now going to, I mean, gosh, you hope you don't end up having to go to Goodwill with it, right? If you're trying to sell on the opposite side. The pick, though, when you have the currency, right, is you're taking this money and you're trying to spend it. And how am I going to actually take what I buy from this store and make it better for myself? Am I just adding clothes to my wardrobe that aren't going to help me? Like, I'm not going to be able to pick which one I want. Like, that's knowing your league and how you're going to spend the currency is the big the big thing here. So um, I love the discussion. It's a, uh, it's interesting to think too. So I, I pulled up the uh, the A warp for these uh, these leagues we're talking about just to look at them. <laughs> right, Adam, in uh, the running back position in a lineup league, we got a few guys like in the top. Let's call it uh, the top twenty that have only played one game this year so far at the running back position, and I think it just lends you to. This is also the big thing about lineup. When I roster construct for for lineup leagues anymore, Adam, it's mm-hmm. not going to be RB heavy ever. And, and by RB heavy, I mean assets loaded up at the top. 
right. ever because you, you right. see this, the Saquon Barkley thing. You see the Austin Eckler thing. You see the Nick Chubb, you know, you see all the downsides of it. I probably am going to end up going to a lot more of these uh, hero RB builds right? at best, if not just downright fade the position entirely and uh, zero yep. RB builds because uh, Zach, Zach Moss, right, only played one week at him. Number nineteen in a warp, <laughs> Zach Moss of all people. <laughs> Come yeah. on, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, the aforementioned. He's at fifteen. Only played one week so far. Like that. That's the the a warp of this running back position. Aaron Jones, same thing. Only played one game. Fourteen. Um, and then you got some guys like Rashad White sitting in top ten, who I didn't really believe in. DeAndre Swift, obviously after week one, essentially only played one game. He's a top eight A-Warp running back, James Cook, who a lot of people had some hype on, but he never really got to that price point where you were spending a ton for James Cook, to be completely honest. He's sitting in the top ten at number nine. And then uh, the A-Warp got it running back for he Mostert, number five. <laughs> Cast off, who you probably could have got for a third anywhere before the season even started. So, Well, that yeah. that's where, too, I think, Mike, um, you know – the the idea in, in lineup is part part of what makes the hero RB or this not you know robust running back build really um, successful if you do it right is all right it, you sit here and you say with the a warp thing the a warp is kind of it's an idea of telling you realistically based on what players you're actually likely to start it's kind of yeah. taking off the off the cards and taking into account how many people are actually starting players and where it's very different in best ball because you don't have to press the button on one. The, the reason it's so important for running back, you think about it, if you roster what we just talked about, either speculative running backs or got a bunch of your running back options on a, on a 30-man roster, you got 15 of them, but really only three of them are weekly considerations to start, four or five of them, right? You're, you're talking about having all these running backs that really don't have dynasty value but are literally, boom, one play away, Jerome Ford, now you didn't have him in your lineup last week, right? Yeah. But all of a sudden he's a he's a he's a weekly consideration for you starting in week three. And the point is, when those guys have the opportunity, you're also not flush with decisions. You're flush with, all right, DeAndre Swift's going to start this week. He's in my lineup. It's not even a thought process of Correct. like, do I play DeAndre Swift over Najee Harris? I don't know. Do I play Najee, uh, DeAndre Swift over, you know? David Montgomery. I don't know. You take those things off the table. The decisions yep. are off the table, which is how you can start capturing now those weeks in running back. Because Raheem Mostert, if you if you have a robust running back room, Raheem Mostert, it's not even you're not even thinking about starting him because you got six other running backs you have to put in your lineup that you paid for. <laughs> it's it's the Zach Moss would be a great one for you. Zach Moss, you're never putting in right. You you wouldn't if you had it. But you mm -hmm. knew heading into this week, right? Deion Jackson looked horrible last week. Zach Moss is coming back. He's healthy. All the reports were Zach Moss is getting the workload. Like, I, I don't know how many people I heard say that. And you just kind of write it off and you go, eh, who cares? If Zach Moss is one of your only options to start at him, you may have got two running backs. And you're like, Raheem Mostert started. He played well last week. Who's my Sign other choice? Sign me up, right? <laughs> I have to do it. I got a, I got a Rashad Penny. Ugh, no, I got a, you know, just some super crusty. Ah, Zach Moss, I know he's getting some work. Here you go. You're in my lineup. Congratulations. 
And then you, you capture every bit of that and you didn't spend anything about it. So I think uh, next year for my lineup teams, it's going to be interesting to see how you roster construct for contending teams uh, with this zero RB build, you know, a warp for running backs, but also using it for the tight ends, Adam. So you're going to spend all your capital on wide receivers and quarterbacks, which I think uh, those are going to make some juggernaut teams next year, like some real absolute just units that are hard to beat because this guy's got seven, eight threshold wide receivers at any given moment. He's got two elite, three elite quarterbacks. You know, doesn't really have to worry about it. And the rest, he just goes, eh, tight ends and running backs. We'll figure it out with a warp. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. So, 100%. Going to be different, too, when we uh, we do this episode this time next year, talking about competing teams on this early push and like what you're actually looking for and how we roster constructed leading up to it. Uh, best ball still a different fickle beast, but uh, I know most people don't play best ball. We, we're trying to get it more popular. We're leading the charge, but uh, for, for now we still we still got these lineups. Don't, it don't hate on it too much. We're getting it there, man. Slowly but surely, you know, we'll Slowly get it there. But, but it's it's definitely even people that are playing right. It's 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 very few and far between that are um, heavily exposed with best ball in their portfolio. Right? They're they're kind of dipping their toes in, seeing what they think about it. Last thing I'll say before we uh, before we bounce out of here on episode four too, if you're a contending team and you're uh, you're looking to push picks in early too, just a little piece of advice. Generally, you want to stay away from those uh, those super young, super high value assets that aren't actually producing. Right? You want you want to look for fantasy points. You want to look for fantasy points. I can tell you the the cheapest way it comes, the cheapest way to acquire them, is those old guys that nobody cares about, nobody no more. Like, great on Keenan Allen for producing, great on Mike Evans for producing, great on Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs for being on the older side and still doing still doing their thing out there, but not as highly valued anymore, Adam. Like, those are the yeah. ones that are easier to pry off of uh, some team that's headed towards the bottom going, yeah. because the psychology behind it, the same thing when you're on the other side and being a rebuilding team, as you know, this is an asset, there ain't no place to go but down. It ain't ever going up, right? Devontae Adams is never jumping back into the first round of a startup ever again. Nobody's ever sending multiple firsts for Devontae Adams anymore. Probably most people aren't sending multiple firsts for Stefan Diggs anymore. There's only one way to go it down, and those are the kind of assets when I'm competing early. Those are the guys that I'm targeting. I'm looking at the bottom rosters, the bottom guys, the the people who are 0-2, 0-4 if you're playing against the median. I'm going, do they got any of these guys on their team? <laughs> right. <laughs> because well, I know they want to get off them, and I know I want them on my squad. And the to, to all the points you just made, the other final point is if you have to get rid of Fontanas, for example, you're rebuilding, and you're saying, well, I'm not going to take these offers I'm getting. You know what's also guaranteed? To forget the injury, forget all this other stuff. What's guaranteed is as soon as the season's over, they go down in value. It's a lock. There, there's nothing they can do. It's impossible. Father time is against them. So um, those are a lot of times to your point, like those are the plays that don't feel the sexiest in dynasty. Cause we get so hyper-focused on youth, but those are winning type plays a lot of times because there is no value baked into them for a lot of people. Cause they want to get rid of the old crusty asset where, for example, you, we talked about earlier in the show, you said, you know, uh, what about Quentin Johnson? And, and that was where I gave you pause on a contender. It's like, it's not even that he's, he's, guaranteed to lose value he's probably got a little bit of value insulation as long as he doesn't completely goose egg this season it's not that though it's just now i have a pick a player that's kind of like a pick in a way it's not it's not helping my team win in points per game and it's a little like 
more rigid. It's a player versus an actual pick. So I think that's a very big point we should make before we get out of here on this episode is that like, if you're going to spend your liquidity on best ball or lineup in theory, like I know what you're doing. You're, you're kind of like forecasting and projecting that, you know, Quentin Johnson might in the back half of the season matter and make my team better. But realistically, you don't know that that's the case. And you're better off spending it on players that can give you points right now to help you push the needle over. Because Quentin Johnson, unless, you know, there's injuries that come up for Keenan Allen or, you know, Mike Williams and all these things, he's not a needle mover for any team that's trying to win. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably doing nothing. And it's one of those things, too, we always, uh, you know, we're on the Campus to Canton Network. Like, <laughs> we follow these guys forever, right? right. <laughs> For the minute they step out on the field, and even in high school. And and we think that as soon as they get to the NFL, they're just going to jump in and produce right away. And and the reality is for most rookies in, in a dynasty format, that just really doesn't happen, right? Like, right. it takes some time. Now, Adam, if uh, we get to, you know, week 9, 10, and QJ still ain't done nothing <laughs> – Oh boy, the well, panic that, meter is going to be at a hundred. It's going to well, be one hundred and fifty, and right. that's definitely not the kind of asset that you want to be buying right now as a contender, which literally has that realistic outcome. Well, and that's where like the the only baked in excuse he's going to have is by week nine or ten, Mike Williams has stayed healthy the whole time and smashes. Uh, Keenan Allen smashing. Gerald Everett's still healthy and playing well. Like it's just there's so many miles to be. Austin Eckler's back. If there's a scenario like that. Maybe there's a built-in excuse, but to your point, even then, people are going to have questions, right? Now, if if any of these guys are hurt and not playing and he's still not smashing, oh, buddy, um, we all, you know, were at one point liked the name of Quentin Johnson, but uh, you can get you can get uh, a value loss and people panicking real quick. And this, it's a fickle beast, man. People are also they want their value to happen now. They do not like to be patient in this game. You know, you you give him a little bit of a pass early in the season, right? But the longer it goes on with his 9.7% target share and his 30% snap share and, you know, Josh Palmer playing over him, you go, oh, well, oh yeah, I can't correct. only make excuses for so long. Right. I, I get the Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's there, but, you know, anytime Josh Palmer's playing over, which is interesting too. I saw, I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if we're in this league together or not, but somebody dropped Josh Palmer in a a dynasty basketball with deep rosters. This I heard about it. I don't, I don't like, think I'm in that one though. <laughs> I was like, whoops. <laughs> I got him. I spent like my entire fat budget because it was a best ball league, but yeah, yeah. I, I like Josh Palmer, but you know, you spent a first round pick on QJ. Like at some point you got to get him on the field. And if he can't do enough that the coaches have to put him on the field later in the season, we start to, we start, start to really question that. <laughs> yeah, we start to have different conversations. 100% with you on that. Adam, I think uh, I think next week we'll come back and we'll do uh, we'll do an episode strategy, the art of the teardown. We'll recap that again. Uh, we'll go Love over it. that, the teardown, the tear up, and, uh, and let the people of uh, Campus can't know where we kind of cut our teeth, right, where we started. <laughs> All about the teardown and how to do it and how to pull it off effectively. Absolutely, man. Uh, figuring out, too. I think the teardown is one of those things where – it was it was a staple in how we build a lot of our teams, and a lot of that goes into best ball. But I think the same conversations we're having with the competing teams early push here is going to be a lot of the same things that kind of really make the needle movement on teardown. So something to keep in mind for next week when we get into this. What's your league format, right? Are we line up start nine? Are we line up start 12? Are we, are we best ball? Because 
the the range and gaps of teardowns we're willing to take in these they very do different. vary a lot right and very different. when you can understand the reason we're doing the teardown to accumulate assets but then you're understanding the format and you can blend the two together that marriage is a, is a beautiful one so uh yeah man that'll be fun that'll be good at campus to can I, I would i hope this was an enjoyable one for you this week but next week will be that'll be a fire episode well appreciate everybody tapping into and uh if you want to if you want to we just ask nicely if you need all those tools that campus canton offers the incredible website everything they got use the promo code south Harmon. s-o-u-t-h-h-a-r-m-o-n it'll be in the description of the video by the way 10 percent off 10 percent off we help you you help us <laughs> yeah and it's trust they, me those tools are worth every bit of it. they are they, they have a great set of tools if you're you know in the you're listening to this uh podcast you play dynasty you're also in campus to canton hopefully you have it if you don't though um i'm t in the campus to canton and i don't play in personally in debbie leagues but if you're in debbie those those tools are unbelievable man i can't when i'm in any type of c2c stuff i mean i it's it's more like the you know what we talk about the, making fun of people with the trade calculators like i pull them up all the time like i literally with 100%. all the moves i make and drafting and trading i'm, I'm i got them up with me i love the uh the player prop plot graph yeah let me get yep. that out there i specifically remember the one from last year looking at uh sam laporta and some of his how he stacked up against some of the best tight ends of all time and going hey would you look at that <laughs> not only yep. does my eyes tell me he looks good but the data tells me he looks good and he looks really good on this graph <laughs> so <laughs> i love using that kind of stuff so go check that out reminder promo code south Harmon, 10 percent off that's all I got, man. Uh, we'll see everybody back here same time, same place next week for episode five of Canton Bound. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace.